everyone, and welcome back to Short Stories for Kids, the magical podcast of story adventures. And here is today's story request. Hey Lucy, I'm Elizabeth Mozart. Yes, Mozart was my great, 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 great grandfather. And I was wondering if you could make an episode about a kid who finds a magic stone. The air was cold with hints of snowflakes in the air as Elizabeth walked past the pond, usually the home to ducks and geese. There were no birds to see along the shore or on the water today, but even so, the pond looked beautiful with the low sun reflecting off its surface. The pond was wide, almost a small lake. And Elizabeth remembered seeing a video of people skimming stones across something similar. So she bent down, plucked up a stone at random, and threw it. Plop went the stone as it dropped to the bottom. She tried another one. This time it skipped twice before disappearing. Oh, I'm getting better, said Elizabeth, feeling hopeful. She picked up a third stone. This one was flatter with an indent in the center and drew her arm back before letting it go. It shot across the surface of the pond all the way to the other side. Wow, squealed Elizabeth, looking around to see if anyone had seen her amazing trick. But there was nobody around. Just as she was considering trying again, she could hear the plip, plip, plip sound of a skim stone getting closer. Before she could react, the flat stone with the indent on it skidded to her feet. Oh, that's odd, said Elizabeth. There was nobody on the other side of the pond. She picked the stone up, put it in her pocket, and went on her way. She'd not walked far when she came across a horse. It wasn't in a field, and there was no sign of an owner. And it was holding one of its front hooves high off the ground. Hey, horse, Elizabeth said gently. What are you doing out here? The horse lifted its large head and looked at her. Me, replied the horse. Oh, somebody left my gate open, so I decided to explore. But now I've got something stuck in my shoe and, and it hurts to walk. Elizabeth gasped. I didn't know horses could talk, she said with surprise. Yes, that's strange, isn't it? remarked the horse. I don't normally speak. I wonder what's different. Here, said Elizabeth. Let me take a look at your hoof. Making sure she was careful, she could immediately see what the problem was. A sharp stone had become wedged alongside the horseshoe. Hang on, I think I can get it, said Elizabeth, pulling out the stone in her pocket. She poked the stone into the gap and prized the sharp stone loose. Oh, perfect, said the horse. Oh, thank you. You're welcome, smiled Elizabeth. If you've wandered off, won't somebody be worried about you? Well, I suppose so, 
said the horse. Perhaps I ought to head home. I'll walk with you if you like, suggested Elizabeth. I've never had the chance to talk with a horse before. And so they wandered together along the path, talking about the coming winter and wondering how deep the snow would be this year. Soon they came to a field where a worried-looking woman was standing by an open gate. My horse, she cried. You found him. How can I ever thank you? Oh, it was nothing really, said Elizabeth. He wanted to come back. Elizabeth said goodbye to them both and went on her way. A short time later, Elizabeth heard sobbing coming from amongst some nearby trees. She stepped off of the path, pushed past some branches, and there, sat on a fallen tree, was a chipmunk. It was terribly upset. Elizabeth had never seen a chipmunk cry before. Oh, you poor thing, she said softly. Oh, poor me, poor me, wailed the chipmunk. Elizabeth was once again surprised to hear an animal speak. What's the matter, little chipmunk? she asked. Oh, I've spent all year preparing my burrow for winter. I filled it with a store of seeds and berries and nuts and grain. And I made myself a lovely nest of old feathers. And it's all for nothing. How will I survive the winter now? sobbed the chipmunk. Why, what happened? asked Elizabeth, her voice full of concern. For an answer, the chipmunk tapped the fallen tree he was sitting on with his foot. This old tree fell over in the night and it blocked my burrow. Elizabeth looked at the tree. It was too large to lift out of the way. Hmm, if only we had a chainsaw or an axe, said Elizabeth. All I have is this stone, she said, and lifted it out of her pocket. To the little chipmunk, Elizabeth's stone looked large. Oh, that looks like it could be an axe, sniffed the chipmunk. Could you try? Elizabeth looked at the stone. It wasn't sharp, and it didn't have a handle like an axe had. But she didn't want to disappoint the chipmunk by not trying. So she held the stone up and swung it downwards onto the tree trunk. Chop! The stone bit deep into the wood. Surprised, Elizabeth tried again. Chop! This time, a large chunk of tree trunk fell loose. You're doing it! You're doing it! Laughed the chipmunk, wiping away his tears. Elizabeth continued to swing her arm up and down until she chopped all the way through the trunk. The final strike freed the tree's top half, where it rolled sideways to reveal the chipmunk's burrow. Oh, my beautiful burrow, cheered the chipmunk and darted forward to hug Elizabeth's leg. Oh, you're welcome, said Elizabeth, delighted that she'd been able to help. That really was no trouble at all. And with a wave, she went on her way once more. She'd not walked more than 20 steps down the path when she came upon a very curious figure crossing in front of her. It was a short person, shorter than she was, and wore ragged clothing of greys and browns. And upon its back was a large pile of sticks. The person was heading into a gap in the trees where barely a track showed. 
Hello, said Elizabeth cheerily. The person stopped and turned so Elizabeth could see their face. She looked female, but Elizabeth thought she most certainly wasn't a human. Can you see me? asked the person. Uh, yes, said Elizabeth. You're right in front of me. Oh, people can't normally see us goblins, said the goblin woman. Strange that you can. That's a lot of sticks you're carrying, said Elizabeth. Can I help you? The goblin woman considered this for a moment and then nodded her head. I don't see why not. I'm afraid I'm not used to the kindness of humans. But if you want to share my burden, well, I won't say no. Five minutes later, Elizabeth found herself following the goblin through the trees, carrying her share of the sticks. They eventually arrived at a small clearing where a tiny hut with stone walls and a thatched roof sat. The goblin woman set her sticks down, encouraging Elizabeth to do the same, before she began to busy herself with making a fire. Elizabeth watched as the goblin used a mix of twigs, sticks, dry leaves, and grass to build a pile for the fire. But when she was about to light it, she suddenly became frantic, patting her pockets and looking over the ground around her. Is something the matter? asked Elizabeth. Oh, my firelighter! I've lost it, said the goblin in distress. Oh my, I'll freeze this winter without it. Elizabeth began searching the ground with her eyes too. Let me help you, she said. Oh, it could be anywhere. I've walked many miles collecting my sticks. I could have dropped it anywhere, fretted the goblin. Well, tell me what it looks like, said Elizabeth. Two pairs of eyes are better than one. The goblin woman was looking very distressed now, pulling at her ragged clothes. Oh, we'll never find it, she moaned. It's a small flat stone with an indent at its center. Like this, said Elizabeth and held out the stone from her pocket. Oh, that's it, yelped the goblin, and tears of joy trickled down her cheeks. I found it by the pond, explained Elizabeth, and I've had a very strange time since then. Oh, that's because it's a magic stone, said the goblin, taking it from Elizabeth. Look, I'll show you. She bent to her pile of sticks and twigs and dry glass and tapped the stone against it. Instantly, fire bloomed, and the goblin was soon adding small logs as the blaze grew. No wonder you could see me, chuckled the goblin. That would have been the stone's doing. But I've given you the stone back, said Elizabeth. How come I can still see you now? I think the stone likes you, smiled the goblin. You must have showed it a kind heart, and now it's rewarding you with some of its power. Does that mean I'll be able to talk to more animals? Asked Elizabeth, hopefully. Oh, yes, said the goblin. And see things from the magical world like me. If you'd like to stay for a cup of tea, I can tell you more if you like. And so that's what Elizabeth did. While she sipped her hot tea, she learned of the dragon that lived beneath a mountain and the trolls that competed with the raccoons amongst the humans' trash and the pale spirits that lived in the river. And then there's the likes of me, 
said a voice from behind where she sat. Turning around, Elizabeth saw a proud-looking unicorn on the edge of the clearing. Would you care to walk with me for a while? The unicorn asked. Oh, I'd love to, said Elizabeth. But I really must be heading home. Oh, that's fine, said the unicorn. I can walk that way. Elizabeth thanked the goblin for her tea. And thank you for your kindness, said the goblin. Do stop by whenever you like. It's nice to have a human friend to talk to. Oh, I will, nodded Elizabeth. And off she went with a unicorn. And her life was never quite the same again. The end.